0: Welcome to the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa Life is where accomplishment and harmony coexist. Now, here's your host and Spa Life curator, Diane Halfman. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Live Your Spa Life Show. Spa Life is a lifestyle that accepts that accomplishment and harmony coexist. The Spa and Spa Life, the SPA, is for seek power always, that power within you to do your deeper work in the world. I am so excited for our guest today. Jesse T is a speaker, author, podcast host, and I have to give a shout out. He is now streaming in 12 U.S. cities. Hell yeah. Way to go. Yes. Very cool. And you are the founder of 46 and 2 Wealth Partners. You are a self-described, now I love this, human optimization nerd and focuses on wellness and abundance in his fitness, businesses, spirituality, mindset, and relationships. Jesse, welcome to the show. Woo! I
1: could not have said that better myself. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here.
0: Uh, This is so awesome. I love, love, love what you're up to. I love that your podcast is around secrets to success and that you're really just diving into what's going on. So I want to start with your podcast because that's kind of how you and I connected and and started talking about what we're up to. How are you using your podcast as a platform for spiritual evolution?
1: Oh my goodness. Wow. So, Just for some context around the spiritual evolution and how the podcast plays into that, there are some people that I follow that I'm into, uh, guys like Aubrey Marcus and uh, Kyle Kingsbury, Joe Rogan, that have specifically talked about their spiritual evolution on their podcasts. And so being in my journey with both the podcast and my spiritual growth, it just made sense to start talking about it. And so I was on a plant medicine journey a few months ago, sitting with uh, psilocybin mushrooms. And I don't know if you've had experience with this before, but basically you get these downloads and you get this information that's just kind of given to you. And the best way I could describe it is if any of your listeners or yourself have seen or heard you know, the movie, The Matrix with Keanu Reeves, and he's he's brought to an awareness that a whole nother world exists. The first thing they do is they bring him out of The Matrix into like the real world. And Morpheus, because it's a cool scene, but Morpheus, his leader, his teacher, teaches him Kung Fu. And so when Keanu wakes up, he's like, whoa, I know Kung Fu. And all of a sudden, he just knows it. And so with this sacred plant medicine that I use in my my walk in life, I come back with these downloads and knowing. And one of the things was to, to speak freedom and teach truth with my microphone. It's specifically, there's no words, there's no one speaking to you. You just have this knowledge populate. When I came back from that, I said, you know what? I need to speak about my spiritual journey and the tools that I use along this path because I know that it will land with someone else on the other side.
0: Yeah, I love this so much because... People spend a lot of time in their life, you know, accumulating knowledge, right? You can go to all the classes, do everything that's going on out there, but are you really accessing your inner knowing? Like are you really distilling that, discerning that, seeing what that is for you? And when you go about consciously creating your life, you have a lot of, of healthy habits. You have a lot of things that you do. And I'd love for you to share some of your favorite ones.
1: Oh my goodness. I'm into other protocols outside of, you know, sacred plant medicines. I do a lot of work with cult therapy started off with a Wim Hof shower challenge a couple of years ago, where you take a cold shower for 20 seconds, every day, increase it by 10 seconds. And that's led to me taking full-blown cold showers and jumping in freezing cold bodies of water recently. So it's definitely something that I look forward to, which sounds strange, but it helps so much.
0: Now, what about cryo? How does cryo fit into that? Do you, have I you
1: haven't that? gotten into, no, no I haven't gotten cryo yet. My wife got me a, a Christmas gift for uh, going to a local place that's brand new. So I haven't gone there yet, but that is definitely on the list. but yeah, that's the benefits, fun. yeah, the benefits you get from it from a mental standpoint, from a physical, physiological standpoint. So the cold plunges, uh, I do a lot of breath work, holotropic breath work that helps me reach altered states of consciousness. I've had some profound insights there. Uh, I do intermittent fasting, which is completely changed energy levels. It's changed my health. It's done all these beautiful things. So I'm into a ton of stuff. Biohacking, I guess is what I would call it.
0: Yeah. I love this because, you know, so many times people, especially in the beginning of the year, it's like, they'll go, I'm going to lose this amount of weight. Or I'm, you know, there's some sort of of health focus, but until you do something different, right, you're not going to get different results. You're not going to do that. And I love just your adventurous mindset of just go like, you know what? Let's see what happens, right? And just (laughs) go for it and just try some of those different things. I, this year, started focusing on, like, macros and doing something totally different with that. And I don't know if you've heard, there's a, a tool called a mace, which is like something from Game of Thrones. It's like this heavy, wielding thing. And I thought, oh, my God, this is nuts, you know? But I love the whole looking outside of the box and doing that, which leads me into, what about fear? Like, how is it that you move past fear?
1: Yep. Real quick on the mace, so that's that's an implement or a tool in my training kit, and I actually have a twenty pound steel mace at home. It's there's a company, an organization, and a movement. If you haven't heard of them yet, called Onnit. O n n i t, and they're big into this kind of wellness stuff, but they're also big into like the spirituality stuff. So it might be something worth looking at for the listeners. But yeah. in terms of fear, I've had a crazy interesting life to where I've faced fear. I've I've held death in my hands a couple times, and it's one of those things where. Fear is real, but it's what you do with the fear. Do you let it become a headwind where it slows you down and it incapacitates you or do you use it as a tailwind to push you through something? And it's a great teacher. There's fear for a reason. You know, we're not getting chased by prehistoric animals anymore. We have to like run for our lives, but there are things in daily life that are programmed in our DNA that causes fear to come up. And so one of these cliche acronyms that I think is is beautiful is either you can face everything and run or you can face everything and rise. And I'll tell you this, Will Smith said it best. Your best life is absolutely on the other side of fear. Get over that fear, whatever it takes, and you'll understand the fullness and the richness of life for sure.
0: Yes. Oh, I love this so much. You know, when I worked undercover, I was faced with a lot of different fear type things. And one of the things I noticed about fear was that when you literally just ran towards fear, because as a police officer, that's what you did, it actually started shrinking. It's like the fear that was just. Had you almost not start in the first place when you got there, it was never as bad as you thought. And it got bad. There was bad situations. But when you're on the other side of it, you can always look back and go, I beat that thing or I got past something or I got stronger from something or something happened. So I love your just kind of running towards it type attitude because if you just stick in the energy of fear, you'll never move past it. Like it'll never be, you know, that thing that you move crossed in it. And you've got some great tools that you use around Fear. Tell me about this Memento Mori.
1: <laughs> okay. So Memento Mori is a stoic philosophy where basically what it means to sum it up is says, know that you're mortal, know that you must die, but let that be the only motivation you need to live a life well lived, to show up in relationships, to show up for yourself, to be productive, to have fun, to enjoy life. And you know, going back to that comment I made kind of passively about holding death in my hands twice, I've held two of the most important people in my life in my arms until they died. And so one of them was my wife and I's first daughter we had. She came up, injured a delivery. After seven days, we had to let her go because she wasn't gonna come off life support. And I held her in my arms for the last 15 minutes of her life. And it really started to kind of change this mindset that I had. And then the next event was you know, my mother. My mother had cancer for eight years. She was a badass. She was army veteran. She was supposed to live for one year, but she made it for eight because she was just so friggin' stubborn. She wouldn't give up. And I love that about her sometimes I didn't, but most times I did. And I held her until she passed away. And then, you know, I saw my dad, he just a couple of years ago passed away. He was a bachelor. So he was by himself and they didn't find him for a couple of days. And so it was kind of messy, the scene. And I'm sure as a police officer, you've you've seen stuff like this, but there was blood on the floor and I had to clean that blood up. And so long story short, all these things, which have made me eternally grateful and self-aware and and live life with such abundance Mm -hmm. have taught me the value of time. And so with Memento Mori, Knowing that we're mortal, knowing that we must die, knowing that every second could be our last, should really be everything to kind of carry you through the day to be able to live life well.
0: Yes. Wow. Love this so much because, you know, if we get stuck in just not living life and not moving forward, you miss all those things and that whole moving through it. And uh, it's one of the things I love about having guests on the show is that, you know, people see and they look at you and they go, oh, he's so successful. Like there's all these things that he's done, but they don't see necessarily the path that you've walked to get there, you know, the disempowering moments, the losing a child. I like, I don't know. I've had a a close friend of mine. uh, In fact, one of my last cases was a kidnapping murder case and her daughter was seven when she was taken. And it was just one of those things like as a parent, it's just to lose a child is like, everyone always says, how do you get past that? How do you move past that? And maybe share a little bit about like, you can have that take you out of the game, right? And of course there's going to be a transition, but how did some of those losses actually propel you and actually make you stronger?
1: Well, so how did it propel me? How did it make me stronger? A lot of it was going through the depressions, the funks, the reality of life, which is death, and, and understanding that. And I, I think the tools that I used during that time and, and my wife utilized were therapies, were groups, were people that have been through similar situations that maybe further down the road, or maybe they just started their travel in this journey how we leaned on each other and how we became supportive of one another and then seeking out people that could help raise us up to the next level, which then in turn, one of the tools that was very cathartic for us became a nonprofit that we started called Alana's Angels, which was our daughter that we lost, Alana. And it helped us to give back after we got to a place where we felt like we could. And so it's really propelled me in life in the sense of just doing life the way that I've wanted to do life, doing it with the people that I want to do it with. And again, that memento mori, it found me. I have, I'm a big believer that people don't find books, books find people. Sometimes you might go searching for them, but a lot of times things are kind of placed serendipitously in your life. And all these things that have happened have happened for a reason to where, A, I could build some great relationships and live my life a certain way, but also turn around and as a catharsis kind of give back this knowledge and information that I've, I've received.
0: Yeah, so great. I mean, you have so many wonderful tools that you utilize, and and I'm with you. I think things just, they come to us, and when we're open to it, it's kind of like when the student's ready, right? The teacher arrives, and those things happen. Uh Tell us a little bit about the rule of thirds.
1: Okay, so this is interesting. My mentor... He's not my formal mentor, but he's a good buddy of mine. He was a formal mentor at one point. Basically, I paid him at one point to be my mentor, but now he's just my buddy. Uh, He taught me about the rule of thirds, which is essentially three people that you have in your life, every area of life. And so the first third of people that you should have in your life are mentors, people that you look up to, that you aspire to emulate at some level, shape, or form, people that have been through what you're going through. They can help you with your learning curve. They can help you avoid the pitfalls. They can help you look towards things in a different lens. So they're your mentors. And again, If someone's your mentor, it doesn't mean you can't impact or coach them either. But at the same time, they're the ones that have kind of been there, done that. So they're teaching you. The next level of the thirds, the second level, would be people that are kind of on the same path and playing field that you're on now, people that you're doing life with. If it's someone who just started a podcast and you're just starting a podcast, you can compare notes, trade notes, you can kind of do seasons of life together and kind of have your battle buddy, so to speak, next to you to kind of weather those storms. And then the the next third would be the people that are kind of on the up and coming that you can take all this knowledge and transfer it and you can pass it from the first upper level, the level you're on and give it back to those that are looking to aspire to do what you're doing. And so you've kind of completed that circle of knowledge and how to do life.
0: I so appreciate that. And I think once you, you really get something when not only just getting it from someone else, but when you're actually implementing and you're doing, and then you get to teach it and then it's integrated and it's part of you. And I think that is such an important thing. I love that. I love that breakdown of Into the Thirds. And you know, part of that learning process is this constant recalibration and refinement. And you talk about that. So many times we look at like, well, this is just the way it is. This is how I am. And, and, you know, when you get into those rigid ways, that's where I think you can get into a little bit of trouble where you can kind of, what kind of level of risk are you taking and what kind of tweaks that you're making along the way? What are some of the things that you've kind of been along your path and you've just had to tweak it?
1: I think the mindset piece that I kind of operate with when it comes to either being rigid or being fluid, it goes back to Bruce Lee when he was talking about, you know, be like water. It's one of his his famous quotes and speeches. And guy was like a hell of a philosopher. For for one of the most badass human beings (laughs) to walk the earth, he had a beautiful mind and and a very uh, transcendent mind to where he's still empowering people today, decades after he's he's been gone. But he talks about water and water is the most powerful force on earth, pretty much. When you think about oceans and you know, I was in the military and used to be on an aircraft carrier and it's the size of a small city. And like that thing would bob around like a dinghy in the ocean when the ocean wanted it to. So you could have the power of that, or you could be like water and be completely fluid and match the environment that you're in. And so I think that having that kind of flexibility and number one, it comes down to self-awareness and honesty. Like, where are you? What do you need? Who can you find it from? Having that humble attitude to, to be a student first so that you can teach in the future. I think just being malleable and not being stuck to an ideal. If someone comes at you with better information and can really blow your hair back and say, this is a better way to do something, be open to receive it. And don't be so romantic about an idea that you can't move on.
0: Yes, I love that. And speaking of environments, one of the things I love asking my guests is about their environments. Like We live life differently in the bedroom versus the kitchen versus our office. And for those who might be listening and not watching on the podcast I love this picture you have behind you of a goldfish underwater with a shark fin over the top talking about mindset. So it's the things that are in our environment. It makes a difference about that is. So what is your favorite room in your home and why?
1: Ooh, it's a good question. In my home, my favorite room. I'm going to lean on my Italian heritage here and talk about the kitchen. I love to cook. I love community. It's a very selfish love language and the fact that I love when people eat my food that I cook. (laughs) But I I love to share love and experiences. And I really love to do that through the kitchen. So I think that's the the communal spot. That's the place where people are, you know, getting nourishment. They're having fun. They're laughing. They're cutting up. And it comes down to, you know, I was raised by my mother and also my grandmother and my dad's side. And they were both amazing cooks. And they showed a lot of love and acts of service through cooking. So definitely would have to say the kitchen.
0: I love that so much. I'm on a streak here. I just had one of my last guests mention the kitchen and I was sharing that one of my friends always talks about life happens between the kitchen and the bathroom. And it's like where people get together and where they connect and what that looks like. So I love that. One of my best friends is Italian. It's always like, why are you not eating right now? (laughs) It's all about the food.
1: (laughs) I saw a video and it was a joke and it was basically like, How Italian grandmothers prepare just in case anyone comes over for breakfast. And it was like this this woman that was in some sort of, she wasn't even Italian, she was in like some sort of tribe somewhere else. She had like this outdoor kitchen with this giant pan of like 50 eggs, slabs of bacon, all this stuff. And it was like just in case someone comes over and they'd had all this food. And that's exactly how we were growing up. It was like people would just like shove food in your mouth. It was like, here, eat, eat, eat. But really it was done because it was how love was conveyed.
0: Right. Absolutely. Have you seen any of this stuff on the on the comedian, Sebastian? Love
1: him. Sebastian Maniscalco?
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. We love him so much. Like, if we watch something intense, we watch one of his things before we go to bed so that we go to bed laughing. Yes. So.
1: <laughs> that's a very important way to do that. You don't want to go to bed scared if you watch a scary movie or something that's, you know, if you're watching a documentary on something crazy like human trafficking and all that stuff that's out there in the world, you want right. to kind of what happens is you start programming your mind. And this is interesting because my grandmother who passed years ago, she used to be like, Hey, turn on my program, turn on my program. It's literally called programming. And what happens a lot of times when people wake up first thing in the morning and they flick on the news or before bed and they flick on the news, you're in these different brainwave states and you're starting to get into a place where you can entrain your mind. So the last thing you want to do is go to bed afraid or scared or nervous Flip on a, a hilarious, you know, comedian guy or girl and go to sleep laughing,
0: your life will thank you for it for sure. Absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree that those holy hours, right? That first hour you wake up and the last hour before you go to bed, we have so much things we can do to be intentional about what we do, how we show up, what we say, all of those things. And it's so easy to check those last messages or check the feed or it has the world blown up yet or, you know, all those kind of things. But to do that right before bed is such a, a sabotage move and it, it's so crazy. So my mantra for this year is, because I also have a new one where I kind of focus on, is I awaken truth. Love that. And I know for you, you know, in your life and in your podcast, that is a big platform for you is to awaken truth. Talk a little bit about how that has evolved for you, what has come out of, of that being a platform. Where are you at with yeah. it?
1: So this goes back to the mentor I mentioned, Patrick Tucker, and then also a guy named David Goggins. And for those who don't well, know, David Go- yeah, David Goggins, just check him out on, on Instagram will change your life. He has a book called Can't Hurt Me. And Can't Hurt Me is an, a beautiful biography of his life. And he's lived a really hard life. And, and I had two up until you know years ago. But I was very concerned with some of the things I either put myself in or that I was brought into with growing up being bullied. My dad was a 35-year heroin addict before he cleaned up. I did and sold drugs for two years before leaving for the military and changing my life. And so I had these taboo things that I had been a part of, but I knew I was I was called my entire life to share them with people. I didn't know how. And so through the the urging of my mentor, Patrick, he's like, you got this amazing story. You get this beautiful you know, overcoming and things that you've done. People need to hear that. And I was like, all right, I get it. And then the podcast came into play for the Jesse T Show. And then Goggins came into my life and it was like, share your truth, share your journey. And... Speaking about all that, it led to my freedom to where I put my story out there. I put my mission and my my experiences out there. And, Diane, the beautiful thing it's done for me is it's plugged me into some of my best friends to this day, like people that connect with me and I do life with, is because of the story and the mission and the journey and the vision. And if I was afraid to hold back that taboo thing that I talk about, who knows where I would be. So, I think the biggest thing is sharing your truth and your story and putting it all out there Mm -hmm. is one of the most liberating and empowering things you can do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Did you by chance listen to David's audio of the book or did you read it?
1: The only way to consume that book is by audio. I love it. I've listened to it twice. It's part podcast, part biography. its He's changed my life. That's all I can say. And Thank you, David Goggins and Patrick Tucker for helping me share my journey.
0: Absolutely. He really had me look at audiobooks in a different way because one of the things I love so much about it is that somebody read it, but then there was, like you said, it was like a podcast. It was like an interview after each chapter that he gave kind of the, the deeper dive of what was happening and how we can look at that. And Sometimes you can just look at the outside and go, how's a kid survive some of those things? And how do you put yourself through such rigor like he did and have the grit that you have to move through things? And it's like, if you just listen to that book alone, you can get the mindset where you can literally do anything that you decide to do. And on so many different levels, from health to strength to just everything. So that is such a great example and a great book around that. So I think it's uh, pretty amazing.
1: <laughs> life changer. It literally changed my life. And uh, I'm very thankful for it. It's, you know, There's 10 steps in that book on how to callous your mind and how to free yourself. And, and when you, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, Eight Mile, years ago, it was with, you know, Eminem have- was basically a, a biography of his journey. And throughout the whole movie, he's getting crushed in terms of his rap career that's just starting out. He's getting decimated. He's getting physically beat up, getting jumped. And then by the end of the movie, he just says, screw it. What do I got to lose? And he's like, I am poor. My mom's a hooker. I live in a trailer park, you know, all this stuff. And the guy that he's rap battling has nothing that he can say to him. Literally took every word out of his mouth. And then, you know what he does? He goes on the offensive. And then he's able to to win the first rap battle and change his life. And ever since I came out and did that with my rap battle, so to speak, and, and put my words out to the world, It's completely freed me and changed my life. I could not implore it anymore. And it's it's part to do to that book. So those who haven't heard David Goggins, listen to that book, can't hurt me. If you're looking to change your mindset, if you're looking to do something and accomplish something, there's 10 steps in that book. It'll show you exactly how to do it.
0: Yeah, it's so great, and I just I love this conversation around just sharing your truth and standing in your truth and to be in that, you know. And I think so many times people will be listening to the show and they're like, "Well, that's great for them, right?" But what I got going on, you know, the self talk that may be happening, I don't know how to get past things, and and just the soul crushing things that can happen when we look at the things that we have going in our life. And and I think about. All the different things that could have stopped me along the way, you know, whether it was being a single parent, being the only, you know, woman on the police department, you know, starting a business. I mean, even now it's like, here I am five years into my podcast. Every time you hit that start, it's like, whoosh, anyone gonna listen? Is this gonna, you know, what's it gonna be like? You know, it's just that whole feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Those things that we just kind of push the envelope to keep doing. What about for you, Jesse? What's the next envelope that you're pushing right now?
1: Oh, there's a few. Um, <laughs> I'll start with the easier stuff first. I have a book right now. It's pushing the envelope for me in terms of time, uh, in terms of managing and, and being in a space to create and let it kind of happen. And then that book's also, going to become an audio book, also inspired by Goggins, but also another guy, Aubrey Marcus that I follow. And just being able to put my voice to the, the book, I think is going to be super important. And it's, the book's called Happy Wealth basically how to become wealthy happily because a lot of people lose happiness along the way, chasing riches. And it's also, uh, 10 practical steps. If you do these financial planning steps, you'll build wealth, but the behavior, the mindset, the, the idea behind how you do all that. So I think that's the first thing. The next thing I'm doing to push the envelope is my path with sacred plant medicines. And so if you could take Indiana Jones and and mix them with Dr. Strange, that's probably where I operate when it comes to this. And so, uh, basically there are these medicines, these tools that are actually being used in therapeutic settings now. John Hopkins did a study recently that psilocybin mushrooms are four times more effective than antidepressants for depression. So there's these unbelievable resurgence of these medicines around the world and where it's taking me along this journey. And this last year, I've been experimenting with it. I do it once a quarter. It's very intentional. It's ceremonial. There's a lot that goes into it. Taking me to Peru in March. And so in March, I'm going to go to Peru with a group of ex-military successful business owners that are spiritual and they want to do life well. And we're going to go to Peru for about, about 10 days. We're going to sit with San Pedro, with San Pedro's the masculine. It's, it's a cactus. It's a cactus that's distilled down into a tea. What it does, it's, it's heart opening, it's grounding. You feel massive purpose. So you kind of get some information there. And then the flip side of the masculine, which we all have a masculine and feminine energy, the flip side is ayahuasca. And ayahuasca is the trippy, the third eye. You get uh, spiritual contact, all this different stuff. So I'll be on that journey coming up in March. And that's another way that I'm pushing the envelope.
0: Nice, nice. I love it. So I know that our listeners are going to want to stay in contact with you. How can they do that?
1: The best way is through social media. They can find me on Instagram at Jesse underscore T, which is T-E-E. So at Jesse underscore T, you can find me on the podcast, The Jesse T Show. And then also I do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn and it's just my name, Jesse, J-E-S-S-E. Last name is Two Disco, just how it sounds. T-O-D-I-S-C-O.
0: Nice. Well, and I'd love for you to have any final thoughts for our audience as well as how are you being a force for good in the world?
1: Speaking and sharing that truth, number one, would be the first thing I can think of. Another download or intention that I set before, I do some men's work as well. Uh, This kind of ties into that, where we're kind of liberating men to be able to, you know, be savage monks, to be purposeful with their bodies and with their souls and with their minds and with their hearts. But also, you know, if they want to cry, go cry, but just showing up in the world better. And so I think that I've been called to experience certain things and be a part of certain things so that I could walk with different people in the world. And so just showing up for people, showing up for myself first and foremost, because I wasn't doing that for most of my life. And then just being and receiving love. That's the hippie side of it, right? Just to, to be more love and to receive more love in the world and just have a hell of a time.
0: I love it. I love it so much. And and I love that whole, you know, uh, it's that yin and yang of life, right? It's like having that strength, but then that heart opening that happens. And and you are, are such a, a great personification of that and how you show up in the world. I want to thank you so thank much you. for your wisdom and being here on the show.
1: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and I look forward to our journey as we continue.
0: Ah, uh, you got it. And to our listeners, thank you so much. You know, you are why we're here. I'm sure you maybe have some questions that have come out of here or any on Haas. You know, please put in, in the comments, whatever platform you're on, any questions that you have for Jesse and I. Make sure you tag both of us. We're happy to answer any questions that you have. I'm sure we peeked some things that you you want to share and get out there. And if you haven't subscribed yet to the show, make sure you do that. That's how we get it out into the world. Subscribe, rate, review, all those great things. And until we connect again, live your spa life. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Your host and spa life curator, Diane Halfman wants you to know you can download her free guide to start living your spa life right now. Go to dianehaffman.com and click on the link for the nine secrets to step into your spa life. Now, live your spa life where accomplishment and harmony coexist.